Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Welcome to Level Up Human, the live podcast show where we say man up at humankind and woman up too. Don't just grow some, grow everything. I want some tentacles, damn it. With the help of our guests here and the live audience, we want to develop a design spec for Human 2.0. People say you shouldn't play God. And we say, well, really? What about some of the forgotten ones? You know, what, what about Pan? I'd make a really good Pan. I could show you my legs and everything. It's like an Irish rug down there. <laughs> I am joined today by comedian... Creator of Geek Show Off, Science Show Off, Bright Club, Steve Cross. Uh, hello. Uh, I'm trying to decide what god I want to be now. I mean, Bacchus is too easy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> In some ways, you already are. Yeah, no, very true. Okay. Very true. I've, always, I've always been very drawn to uh, Homer Simpson's version of Ganesh. <laughs> just running around in an elephant head shouting, you're just going to get more wrath. I, I love that you just equated also a, a modern religion with millions and millions of followers with the Greek dead. Actually, let's not go here. This is useful. No, um, it was Homer Simpson. Okay, that's not right. Homer. Homer. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I like that. No, I like that you've actually mentally corrected all my references. Uh, Steve must mean classical Greek. <laughs> Steve does not mean classical Greek. We're also joined by Matthew Tarta, a 26-year-old Londoner working at uh, UCL in developmental and stem cell biology. What on earth is that? It's just basically studying how things grow and develop when they are sort of embryonic. So it's looking at how we start from tiny little sperm, tiny little egg, and become big bad us. Um, and effectively looking at all the little steps along the way, all the little pieces of the puzzle that come together. Uh, and poor sods like me have to try and put like this 37 trillion piece jigsaw puzzle together. Um, yeah, that's essentially it. She looked down the microscope and go, oh, it's so cute. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's awesome. And also by Katie Williams, a PhD student at UCL studying the evolution of gut bacteria in primates. Sounds messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... Uh... <laughs> It's not, it's not the, you don't make many friends in the lab that you're working in when you get your samples out. They tend to, <laughs> everyone leaves. What, what does it actually involve then? Tell us more. <laughs> well, so I uh, work with fecal samples, which is lovely. Um, but then I kind of get their DNA out and I spend ages then looking at that DNA on computers and trying to work out uh, like what gut bacteria are there, what they do, 
just nice things from horrible messy samples nice things from horrible messy samples that sounds like all of science in some ways <laughs> we are also joined by the live audience here at the bloomsbury theater give yourselves a round of applause <laughs> so to kick things off our panel here have brought some new stories with them what has caught your eye this week? Right, so this is from uh, Time magazine, the number one source of all science news. Uh, you can also get it on lots of other websites. The headline is, This bionic lens could give everybody perfect vision. A British Columbian optometrist has invented an artificial lens that he says not only corrects a patient's sight, but offers a level of clarity three times greater than natural 2020 vision. Uh, Garth Webb, an optometrist in British Columbia, has spent eight years and more than $3 million in funding to develop the Ocumetrics bionic lens. The bionic lens, which was designed to replace the eye's natural lens, is surgically implanted in the eye in an eight-minute procedure. Jeez. There's a lot of things like that. I saw a couple of weeks ago that someone's developed a contact lens with a zoom. So you can oh, actually I've look seen better. This, yeah. The thing that I had to, I did a lot of research on this to try and figure <laughs> out how you control it. And Isn't it blinking? Like, yeah. Which means if you want to like, look really close up at someone, you have to go, uh -uh. Can we stop? Can we stop just designing technology for creepy guys? It's one of these things you just think, target market, yeah, that's mainly going to sell to creepy guys. Disposable income, that's the only answer yeah, for it. true. All right, good choice, Steve. Um, Matthew, what have you brought along? OK, well, actually, keeping on the subject of vision, or in this case, sort of sensing uh, other things but light, what about if you didn't just have the ability to see visible light but also infrared as well? So there are plenty of animals out there that have infrared sensing, like, for example, pit snakes that will jump out of you from nowhere. Seemingly, you can't see them, but they can see you. So what about if you could detect infrared? In the same way, for example, um, thermal scanners are now used to detect when people lie. Apparently, the blood circulates to around your eyes um, in a way that, for example, if you felt innocent uh, and you accidentally didn't tell the truth, the blood wouldn't go there. So it would obviously give the ability to see at night, but it would also give the ability to see if people are telling porkies. Katie, what have you brought on for us? Um, okay, so the title of mine is, it's, really, it's just a really nice story. Um, so, brain implant allows paralyzed man to sip a beer at his own pace. So it's just the idea that like, technology, this like, massive piece of technology, so they've implanted um, a sort of a chip into just below the base of the skull of the, of the brain um, in a man that's paralyzed sort of from the neck down. And it's just the idea that like it's such an amazing piece of technology, and all he wanted to do was go out for a beer with his friends and not have someone else hold it for him, which is just really nice. That's lovely, actually, yeah. isn't it? Well, brain interface technology is like a massive big deal, especially here at UCL, where this guy called um, Tom Carlson up uh, at sort of Stanmore Institute, where they're working on basically how to connect a wheelchair to your brain to the point at which you can say I'd like to go through that door and you will go through that door um, and it's pretty incredible when you consider even though we describe the brain as a computer at the end of the day they're pretty damn different things yeah. um, and I mean facilitating something simple like being able to drink a beer is actually going to make a massive deal to someone's life, even if they can't walk around. Um, you know, Steve's been chugging his way for a few pints since being here, and he looks pretty jolly. I'm in the comedian's chair, it's part of the job. It's how we identify ourselves as not being scientists. Okay, so we can see where our science is currently sitting. Let's get a bit far out there. Each of our panel has brought us with some suggestions. 
They're going to make them. Later on, you're going to get a chance, audience, to pitch yourselves, and then we're going to vote to decide what we're going to take forward to the committee that's designing Human 2.0. So let's this time begin with you again, Katie. What, so what I, would you like to see humans doing? Well, so I like the idea of uh, just our hands being more, just more functional. So like, just better hands, like more sort of applicable to different things. So there's, um, I study primates, and there's this one called an eye-eye, and it has a really long, thin middle finger and it taps on trees, and it listens to the echo back, and if it finds a grub, it chews its way, Steve's already looking. <laughs> it chews its way through the bark, and it puts its creepy long finger in, and fishes out the grub. And it's just, I just like the idea that like, its hand is a hand, but it's also specialized. So can I just check, your pitch here is for eye-eye hands. <laughs> or just kind of hands that you can do more with. Like, like Swiss Army knife hands. No, I do like the idea of an extra long middle finger, but only on one hand. So that if I'm flipping the bird at someone with my left, they're like, that's the normal bird. He only hates me a bit. And then I flip it with the right, with the extra long middle finger, and then they really feel it. I, I'm glad you picked this, because I I, uh, I love eye-eyes. Mm, so. They're, so, they're one of those things, like, you love them because they're so creepy looking, and they, like, they go around in the middle of the night with their weird long fingers, like, <laughs> tapping on trees and fishing about. And it's, they're just brilliant. It's, it's even better than big long because the joint they have at the base of their finger is the same as we have on our shoulders. Is it? So it's got a, a ball and socket one, so not only can they flip the bird, but they can kind of do the whole swivel motion. Literally <laughs> swivel. <laughs> That's amazing. So. All right, then. That's a very good pitch. Uh, Swiss Army hands I've written down. Awesome. <laughs> Steve, what do you want to do to humans? Okay, so um, there's two things. There's two things that I, I feel. One is that I am really bored. I'm really bored of myself and what I look like and you know I wish I could change that even in fairly simplistic ways because everything else in my life I can customize I can like print my own t-shirts and if I bought a car I mean as unlikely as that would ever be I could have it painted the way I want it and I can choose everything else but me I'm stuck with me and I'm stuck with what I look like and the color I am but so I got boredom but then I've also got fear in that I think oh maybe I should get a tattoo and and that would be really cool and then I think well there's nothing in my life I've really been into for that long without them feeling really embarrassed about it later if I'd got tattoos when I was a teenager I'd be covered in the logos of bands that now I would never admit to ever having liked so what I really want humans to be able to do is like a less extreme version of like mystique from the X-Men films I want to be able to just think I would like a tattoo of, have it appear, have it for as long as people think it's cool, then it, when it gets to the point where people have copied it and it's not cool anymore, get rid of it and pretend that I was never into that in the first place and <laughs> deny it. So I need another superpower of deleting any photos of me off Facebook. That's easier. <laughs> but what I'd like is the ability to change the pigmentation of my skin in very specific ways, but also in cool ways. I want metallic ink, I want all those sorts of things, and the ability to just get rid of it without thinking I'm going to live the whole of my life with a Pearl Jam tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> there could be some, well, no, there isn't something to it. Well, I don't know, because ultimately you're, just get a biro, man. Like, you can, <laughs> you can do it yourself. But if you're going to go for the whole skin kind of perspective, I know that, say, uh, cuttlefish, they've got whole different levels of this. So they've got iridophores, which are these, uh, reflective packages. Then they've got ones where the it's kind of these little rings of pigment. They've got muscles around them, so they can stretch them to change shape. But they've got reflective bits. They've got ones that are dark coloured. They've got bits which are light coloured. So this is out there in the natural kingdom. Maybe this is a, a gene that we can just nick. Matthew, what do you reckon? 
Um, okay, so actually this is quite relevant to the notion of leveling up in a video game. So think about that moment where you're bashing the buttons on, let's say, uh, Tekken or uh, Mortal Kombat, and you press them in such a way that your character does something weird and starts glowing. And then everything they do after that moment is amplified and they beat the crap out of some tiny Japanese schoolgirl who can somehow do martial arts. <laughs> so. Uh, maybe you've heard of hysterical strength. So hysterical strength yes. is the idea that, you know, under really extreme um, situations of stress, people can have strength way beyond their normal physical realm. So you've got, for example, um, baby is caught under the car and the mother will lift like nearly a one or three quarter ton, like four by four, uh, and lift it up so that the baby can be extracted. And, uh, so um, berserkers, the Norse, uh, like sort of Viking warriors that supposedly can turn themselves into this trance-like state and then kill hundreds and hundreds of people. I'm actually not selling this especially well, but the reality is that perhaps if we had the ability to have hysterical strength on a good scale, perhaps A, it could help us in you know situations of disaster, like an earthquake, you could lift that beam off your head. Or more importantly, why need a JCB or you know like a crane if you could just lift that building, make, build your own bloody house? That's, I think that's where I'm going with this. Do we know is there a cost to historical strength? Yeah, so I mean afterwards, um, because you, I think you, you deactivate these um, stretch receptors in your muscles that are telling you, wait, this is far too much, um, to the point where you can lift these things, but then afterwards, like your muscles are literally torn to shreds, and you know you have to recover after a period, you know, a period of time. But it, you know, I don't think it's something that would kill you, but I think it's something that would require a lot of healing afterwards. What do you reckon, guys? Every time this happens, is a voice going to go, finish him? <laughs> <laughs> the trouble with levelling up like that is that, like, if you're Batman and you get an amazing new gadget, or you're Superman and the light, sunlight changes so that you gain the ability to fly, all of your enemies also level up in order to keep the comics interesting. And that's the danger for any of us levelling up, is that all of the people or all of the challenges we're trying to overcome will also level up to try and make life interesting. But that's natural, that's what we call in evolution, uh, punctuated equilibria. So whenever one thing changes, everything else changes. Whenever you look at like a fossil record, you tend to find that you get a whole set of species, then it completely changes and it completely changes because nothing is evolving in isolation. Uh, there's a continuous arms race, so DC is accurate. Mm. If you think you can do better, audience, it is now your turn. So, I think if you would mind, we'll come to you first, sir, if that's all right. Hi, my name's James. Uh, we were asked to consider the question, how would you make the human better and why? Um, and I thought about this from the perspective of the personal, the species, and from other species, uh, to try and get a sense of a better from whose perspective. Um, so the two things which I thought about were um, giving men and women the ability to control their own fertility at will. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So that's without need for drugs or equipment of any kind. And the other thing sort of related was the ability to regulate our body temperature over a wide range at will, again, without the need for equipment or gas central heating. Um, and it seems to me that those, both of those would potentially not only have a, an individual benefit, a personal benefit, um, but would also have uh, a wider social benefit and an environmental benefit. So it would be economic payback, um, but also something where uh, we individually would get a sense of uh, better, um, the species as a whole would benefit but that benefit would be shared more widely. That's brilliant. What do you reckon? Well, I, I guess the great thing is actually these are realistic things to achieve. I mean, there are you certainly, unfortunately, can affect your fertility if you're a woman by being stressed. So at least we know that you can change these things, but adversely. Um, but also there's that fella, I can't remember his name now, who's like, uh, like an ice like an ice dipping champion who's spent like, oh, you know, geez, can, yeah. can, can sit in ice water and like encased in ice for many, many minutes without, you know, dropping down to a temperature that would kill him, or at least he can, but he can maintain his body temperature at a level that is, you know, physiologically relevant. I really wish I could remember his name now. Um, what we'll do is, uh, <laughs> after everyone leaves later, we'll just Google it and get you to say it, and we'll He's cut it and drop it back into that point. <laughs> and then we'll cut a round of applause from somewhere else, and that'll be the round of applause for you remembering it. And yeah, let's, let's do it, because he's, he's looking at the ice Edit this bit out. Why do you think body temperature is one that matters? Uh, I think it's, it's essentially thinking about environmental benefits. So why do we, why do we uh, need to heat our houses? Why do we need to get clothing manufactured? Why do we need to have offices that have air conditioning? Why, it, so the, the definition for me of better in this context was about being better humans. And better doesn't mean just personally better, yes. in my view. Yeah. It's being better as a species to other species. So if we were able to regulate our own body temperature, taking advantage of change or, or responding to change, changing environmental conditions, mm. then we wouldn't have to put CO2 into the atmosphere, which has an effect on other species and the environment as a whole. So the, the temperature regulation thing was, yes, I benefit because I can be warm when it's cold by thinking about it, but the benefit is shared. Then probably what we actually need is not something which changes our body temperature, but changes our perspective on it. Really, is that what you're arguing for? Because uh, if you put sorry, us in the cold, I don't, I don't think you're allowed to correct. Our <laughs> <laughs> Are you? I think it, it, I think what's interesting about something uh, where we're discussing rather than yeah. uh, you know kind of uh, uh, counter arguing against suggestions, but discussing the ideas that we're coming up with, um, I think is is um, hopefully a, a way of being. Uh, coming up with better solutions. Um, but I think m my perspective isn't, I know how to do this. It's, uh, it's w where the solution will not have a, a cost that outweighs the benefit. So you know, the idea that, that um, you know, we have to manufacture drugs, that has a manufacturing cost. Mm -hmm. um, if it was a genetic fix, 
then potentially that has a less counterbalancing cost. Yeah. What about the other suggestion? We're talking about a, a fertility on switch and an off switch? Because mm. we seem to have got the off reasonably good, <laughs> but the on one. is probably a tricky part. Because this, this is one that, so I picked up the same suggestion off of Twitter. I'd like, I just really like the idea, because, I don't know, just the idea that it's just like, nope, not today. Like, I just don't. <laughs> who would like a fertility switch? Is there anybody here who would like one? Yeah. <laughs> May we? <laughs> Yeah, I, I would quite like a fertility switch that doesn't involve taking copious amounts of hormones yeah. with unknown consequences further down in my lifetime, um, primarily just for the real selfish um, reason of I'd like to enjoy myself without the worry of having to look after a small person. <laughs> so, yeah. But there, might, there might even be more to it than this, because I'm, I'm thinking... Um effects on our fertility affect our minds. So I know there's at least a couple of bits of research out there showing that um, we have responses to people's smells and pheromones and things. And I, I think the other thing is um, suddenly we're getting a lot of research coming up about, the, as I said earlier, the, the effects of taking all these hormones continuously. So um, maybe um, your chimpanzee gut relevancy. Um, <laughs> things like Crohn's disease um, has recently come out. There's been a link to um, the progestion only pill um, oh. things like um, depression has been linked to the pill as well and then there's you know this whole other gender argument you can throw in of where, where's the male pill why are we having yeah. to kind of crumple ourselves up just to not have a child yeah. I've heard it's coming I mean it is well, coming yeah. I, 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 I've heard this surely was, no I'm not no, <laughs> I've heard this but also heard that it involves a needle in a place where I can guarantee most men are not going to want a needle so I, I can um, which is obviously their hand <laughs> um, so I'm not really sure how um, well that will be taken yeah. or how effective that will be just on sheer case of nope not doing it there's so. a guy at the front there who was just like it's not in the hand <laughs> shaking his head like no <laughs> would you actually to that end would you like to be able to control your fertility then give us one minute um yeah why not would you be willing to take the needle because <laughs> we've got one <laughs> where's it going how big is it i want a length and girth of the needle, the needle. <laughs> yes don't answer that <laughs> i wasn't planning that. <laughs> too much information Oh. Well, I've heard um, there's, I think, some kind of research out uh, that says that women, when women aren't on the pill, um, they're attracted to men that have the most different um, immune, sort of, immune response to them. So the kind of, the things that you're yeah. immune to, you're attracted to them, the guys that have the, le the, like, the least similar. But when you're on the pill, you're attracted to the most similar to you. And they, like that's just one of the side effects. And there's of it. even other ones that show that your preference for faces is changed when on the pill and when off the pill. So um, we'd appear to change our preferences depending on the point of our reproductive cycle. And as soon as you take a pill, that's disappeared. Hmm. Um, which does mean then that the thing which is really scary, I think, is that let's imagine you meet the perfect guy, you then get to the stage where you settle down. I'm right here, kids. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> You stop taking the pill and suddenly you discover you don't fancy them. Like, that's terrifying. It's not just marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but the audience there was, is that not just marriage? <laughs> Wonderful. So there we have a fertility switch and a controllable thermostat. Thank you very much, James. What caught your eye, Steve? This is from Afalabi Joseph. Afalabi, are you here? I am. Do you want the bit of paper so that you can read us exactly what you said? Because I, I really like this one. 
It is um, identifying and eradicating human compulsion and greed. If both were removed, humans will no longer feel the need to have excessive qualities, such as raw materials, food, and other valuable resources. So the reason I like this is I read it as hashtag Tories out. <laughs> Simplified, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to ask the audience what they voted. That would be, the, oh, be so bad. I'm not going to ask the panel, actually, because <laughs> it's obvious. Um, yeah, I, I really, really love this. Is, is this even possible? Is this feasible? Or is greed good? Quote round. Well, are, are we? So, so we know that uh, you know we we have genetics people here. We know that mutation is inevitable. And the trouble with cre uh, creating a whole population of doves is that all it takes is one single nucleotide polymorphism and one hawk. Those of you who don't know, uh, in game theory, doves all are basically nice and share things, and hawks just come along and take stuff. And all it takes is one hawk to enter the population, and game theory says. Hawks just rip through and take all the doves. So that's my really scared thing is we build it and for one generation it's great and then the music from the omen plays in the background <laughs> and one tiny David Cameron child pops out <laughs> and just because the rest of us, because we're all so busy being nice, we're just unprepared for this sort of person, totally decimates humanity. It might even be happening because this experiment that you're talking about might be called Scotland. <laughs> Possibly. Hopefully it works. <laughs> Hopefully Scotland works. I mean, that is what that is going down as suggestion. Scottishness. <laughs> Scotland already has one Tory MP. I'm just saying the whole experiment is ready to go. <laughs> so, our suggestions then are Swiss Army hands, removable exchangeable tattoos, hysterical strength when not hysterical, a fertility switch, a controllable thermostat, and Scottishness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, you ready for voting? So, Swiss Army hands. <laughs> oh, okay. Just the eye eyes. We can already yeah. do plenty with our hands. Thank you more very much. thumbs are better. More, always more. Um, removable tattoos? Because we already have removable tattoos, dude. <laughs> Hysterical strength. Hey. Oh, okay. All right, a bit of a vote there. All right, the controllable thermostat. Ooh. Ooh. A fertility switch. <laughs> actually, maybe if you could use it on other people. Again, actually, that'd be better. <laughs> I look at some people and think you should not be allowed to breathe. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I look in the mirror and think that. <laughs> and then finally, just eradicating greed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, is that a tie between controllable thermostat and greed? So, hold on. No, greed, greed one. The greed one. Absolutely. He All says right. being greedy and thus undermining the entire thing. <laughs> Eradicating greed is going forward. Thank you ever so much. We're going to play a quick game. This is Splice of Life. Our guests, we're going to show you some animals here. Fingers crossed, naked more right, naked more right, naked more right, naked more right. I may have known you were coming, Steve. This yeah. is a, we'll see. All right. What genes would you like to nick? From a naked mole rat. Oh, it's so hard to choose. It's like As follows. <laughs> right. Superpowers naked mole rats have that humans do not have. One, no cancer. Yes, they do Two, not have cancer at all. No aging. Three, no bad hair days. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of those. What, what you may not know is that um, I run a gig called the Ugly Animal Preservation Society, where we get people to vote for every city we go, votes for its own ugly animal mascot. And Steve. Uh, is the official champion of the mascot of Brighton, the naked mole rat. Can you guys describe for our audience at home what a naked mole rat 
does look like it's and keep really... it clean. It's an oxygenarian's penis, isn't it? It is. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's Wait. a penis with teeth on the outside. Well, not that penis have teeth on the inside, but it's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> it's got, like, two long teeth and tiny, tiny, tiny eyes. They are studying it to try and get the, the cancer stuff and the anti-aging and anti-arthritis, I believe, as well. Just anti-everything. I mean, it's just, it is the perfect... So the thing about um, naked morats is that they live underground in tunnels. There's a single queen that it breeds and produces all the naked morats. They feel, uh, they don't feel any pain from acid. Uh, they don't get old, they don't get cancer. They are essentially the aliens from aliens, but without the armour. <laughs> They're amazing things. What about these? Okay. Turkeys. Deliciousness. <laughs> Turkeys had to be selectively uh, bred backwards because they bred the males to be so big that they couldn't actually mount the females to reproduce. So we actually had to devolve turkeys from what we bred them to be. They're, I, they're pretty. They're pretty useless apart did, from making a good meal. I'm, I'm glad you said this because I did pick this this one as an animal because I can't find anything good about turkeys. <laughs> like I know that there's some places in America where they wipe out entire years worth of turkey supplies because it rains and they look up and drown. <laughs> this is a real thing. Is there anything good about turkeys? There's not, is there? There's like, maybe their tails are a little bit pretty, but only like if you've never seen any other birds. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliantly niche market. Come to our zoo, but only if you've never seen any animals before. We just have a rat and a turkey. If you do disagree, then please just go to that level of human and tell us anything good about turkeys. So we're going to try and wipe out greeds from humanity. Um, we'd love to, before we go, thank our panel. We have Matthew Tarta, <laughs> Katie Williams, and Steve Cross, and of course the wonderful audience here at the Bloomsbury Theatre. <laughs> that was Level Up Human, hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to levelupyoumen.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.